Hello and welcome to episode 243 of Three Bears in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Colin, lovely to have you back. You took a week's Yay. hiatus to be with your children. Um, that was, thank... yeah, being be a dad for a week, yeah. yeah. We thank Mr McFall for, for stepping in. The man, had, the man had opinions on things, particularly on the bubble. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so it was nice to, always nice to chat to Mr McFall about all things movies. It's um, always good to have the international correspondent stepping yes, in there and yes, isn't it? <laughs> Our, our man in the tax haven. Um, so, it's like know, international the, waters and stuff, and I can yeah. see what he wants. He's we have to try and do a pod at some point if any of us are abroad, just so we can have a proper international pod at some point, just so we can uh, have uh, that on the record. A proper our, our man in Madrid kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, something. Just one of us has to go on holiday, just anywhere, but we'll still not. We, we tend, if, we, if we go on holiday, we tend to sort of um, we find a replacement to cover us for that one week. Yeah. But we'll have to try and do it one time we go on holiday, try and not find a replacement, just, um, just do the pod. Sitting on the beach with your yes, laptop that's what, your yeah. lap, we'll waves it crashing over put you. Put it out live of us sitting <laughs> on the side of the pool recording the podcast. <laughs> we have done it in places out west Scotland. We did do it in Manchester at one point. We've done it in Liverpool at one point, And I think we should do one in London, possibly. Can't remember. But we have done it in non-Scottish clients. We have to do one when we escape the the bonds of the UK. Yeah, yeah we get out of kilt country and actually yeah. do, do it somewhere else. That would yes. be good. Yeah, so definitely. we are doing this um, late at night, so this is going to be a, a late night pod for the fuck. This is probably the latest we've ever done one, 10 o'clock at night. This might be our I latest think, I pod. think so. I think my drunk pod may have been a wee bit later, possibly. remember my, my infamous... blanked that one out, man. Can I have to try and keep you on the rails? <laughs> so yes, I'm, that was a rowdy one. I did, I did not like to edit. Um, so... So who knows where this one may go? Hopefully we're both still clothed by the end of it. Um, you've been bigging up the fact you've got a very special beer for tonight. Um, you've, yes. You've, oh, my um, God. So, yeah. So, um, for, so I want to know where this any, is any, any regular listeners will know that um, my, my beer game is usually a bottle of Corona or, or Bud Light or some other generic nonsense. And, and yours is always something from some wonderful part of the world that... Mm. Puts me to shame week after week after week after week. Um, so so this can week, I, can I guess what I think you might have if before you say? Oh, oh do you want to do you want to go for a guess? Yeah. Right, give okay, me, go. I'll, I'll, can I guess a continent first and see if can we go. We try and narrow it down to if I can get lucky with it. Okay, so I don't know where it's from. Um, there's pointless ask me where it's from. I don't okay, know. is it African? No. No, no, oh, it's, okay. not, it's not African. You, you won't get it. You, you okay. never, you'll never get it. You, you want the review? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say a from Japan. Oh, no, that, that, that's, that's bland compared to this, right? So I'm going to okay, hold it up, enough. right? And, and okay. I want you to read to the audience what this is. Juice Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. A can of Juice Springsteen. Oh, lovely. Who's, who made it? Um, it? It looks like it's a company called ABC, um, and its logo is Born to Juice. Oh, Juice Springsteen, <laughs> that is one to love. <laughs> this is a tropical IPA with an alcohol content of five, uh, 4.5%. So it's very light and it's yeah. going to taste very fruity. So I'm going to open it and I'm going to sample it. But I thought, um, just, just for pure, you know, I never do anything exciting. This will be it. But because it's Mr. Springsteen, who I know you, you adore. I am like as much as I do, possibly more so. I thought you would appreciate this. I will, yeah. Anyone else in the world? So I kind of just brings things up. Where do you find it? to you. This was from a very, 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 very wanky beer shop um, in Great Western Road called The Cave, I believe it's. Oh, okay. Um, and it sells a variety of beers from from all over the world. Um, and and this was the one that instantly I seen, and I was like, yep, that's it. Okay, like, so like ABC Brewing is the Alphabet Brewing Company. Um, ah, cool. And that is from they are from Manchester. 
All right, okay, so it's not from... Oh, it's not like from New Jersey. It's not, it's not yeah, New Jersey, like no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like that one. I'm probably check out the other beer, see if they've got anything interesting. Um, juice, juice Springs. Did juice Springs is, is, is wonderful punning. I'm, I'm always a big fan of a good pun name. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm always happy with that. Press it else have got of interest. See if, that, see if that's just a theme that they go with, you know, the Juice Springs. How's it taste yeah. of interest? Actually, it's quite, yeah, it's quite kind of fruity and light. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, oh, there's death. Oh, gee, right, okay. Right, I'm, I'm just getting the aftertones are just kicking in tropical. Yeah, there, there is like a kind of lilty aftertaste to it. Um, so right. it's like al- alcoholic lilt almost. Ooh, yeah, I'm oh, a big fan of that. Big, I like that idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm well for it. So well, next the, time I'm in the West you, End, I will pick you up one of these. Please do. Um, look at the other, other things they do. They do, they seem to be, they do like a good pun. Um, so they do one called Steve Juice. Which has got a picture of Steve Bruce on the front, so they're obviously playing <laughs> on the Bruce aspect. Yeah. And they have one called "I'm like I'm like a bird, I want an IPA." Obviously, Nelly Furtado. Oh, yeah. And they've got um, what else? We got 500, 500 gales of summer. So obviously, I play on that the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a <laughs> got one called "I don't want a wheat." For our lives to be over, and a picture of Dawson's Creek on it, which I'm definitely <laughs> buying at some point. Um, they've got a million haze to die in the West. Um, wow, that's pretty good, man. Uh, how much in euros? I quite like that's a good name. Uh, Just Springsteen, also we've seen. We've got a coffee shop of horrors. Um, oh, wow. got... <laughs> that's quite good. No, it's the children who are wrong. Just generally quite a good name. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, they do seem to these. They seem quite. Um, it's been pretty clever with their names, yeah. So we have to. I, if I'm ever, I'm in Manchester in August, so, so you could potentially find this place and go. Yes, and I'm going to find some first hands. If I can find out where it is, I am most definitely. I'm going to make sure me and she go to this place. Um, so I am going to find out where Alphabet beers are. Because I reckon me and him will have a wonderful um, afternoon. Definitely, in, in the Alphabet beer factory. If you're in the West End of Glasgow, it's on Great Western Road beside the, the underground station on Great Western Road. It's just like a couple of doors up from that. So that, that's exactly Lovely. what it is. Lovely. And it's, it's got loads of stuff. It's like a wee kind of treasure. So it's got all your kind of you yeah. your kind of fancy beers as well, but it's got some some things like this. You're like, oh, I've not seen that before. I'll, I'll have one of them, please. Um, so, yeah. Nice one. I will definitely look for it. I'm far less interesting. I've got one called um, Stiegel Biozwickel. Oh, oh, but, that's a... That's a good name, though, isn't yeah. it? That's like tongue rolling. Yeah, and it's made in, well, it's from a brewery made in 1492, so the brewery's been there for a long time. Um, and it's from Austria, Salzburg Austria. in Austria. So the Austrians are doing the beer. Austrians and Germans, yeah. You know, if you want a beer, then you can't go wrong with Austria. Oddly, like we've talked about before, German beer messes me up. Austrian yeah. beer doesn't. Yeah, so I don't know what it is. Maybe, it's, maybe, maybe brew it slightly differently, but Austrian beer, I can drink a lot more. Easily, and I can drink a few more than I can. Like as we've seen in the past, where um, German beer tends to um, have a very strong effect why. on myself. Yeah, there's usually I know there's the, the really strict German brewing laws. Maybe yeah. the secret to that is they don't tell you is they put like fucking meth in it or something, and that's why it messes with you so much. <laughs> all I know is like the worst hang I've ever had in my life have all been down to German beer. It could be the sheer volume I'm drinking of it because it's so nice. <laughs> But um, I wonder if we're 16. I wonder why I feel off the morning yeah. after the 17th pint of German beer. Yeah. You don't remember that time we were at West before I get married, we went out. Yes, west? yes, you yeah. drank steins, my friend. I drank double steins, is what I drank. I, that I night. think 
I left earlier and you and yeah, yeah, you reported back that you were in a horrible mess afterwards. Horrible mess that night. Yeah. So um yeah, um German beer does tend to mess me up. But this Austrian beer, lovely. Um nice. so we've not spoke for a little while, so we'll, we'll fire into first of all to anything not in the cinema you've watched of interest, anything you that's jumping out at you you've been watching. We'll start with uh, Moon Knight. We've both watched Moon Knight. So yes, what do you think so, of Moon Knight so, so far? We're both up to season uh, episode two in Moon Knight. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah. what, what I'm struggling with is I'm kind of struggling to see its place in the overall bigger picture of MCU. I do think it's mean? going to be more of a kind of phase five when it will start, when they start bringing in the Black Knight and Blade and all that kind of stuff and that kind of almost like the dark the dark Marvel world almost, mm, you know, sort of yeah. the, the Marvel Knights kind of world, you know, the, the things that were involved mm-hmm. at that point. They could even bring back the Punisher, you bring Daredevil into that properly as well. Yeah, so, Electra even shut up. Yeah, all that, because yeah. I think I think you might see something like that. It might, and I think it might be a world that exists more on TV than it will in the movies. I think it might be, if it's in the movies, it'll be very much a supporting role in the same way, sort of like, I'm trying to think, maybe like, um, I think a supporting role in the movies, it would sort of count towards it. Like definitely not their own movie, but maybe it's have a playing a, a part in like say the way in Civil War you had like Ant Man come in for like five minutes and then piss off. Yeah, yeah. Something like that along those lines. I could totally see it. Um, but, I right, maybe have you seen the um, most recent Doctor Strange trailer? Yes. Is that Miss Marvel that's in that though? A wee bit you see I think out? I don't think so. I think it's um Captain Marvel. Think so, right? Miss okay, Marvel's maybe, got maybe. her own TV show coming out. I think. Yeah, that, that's, so what, I that's think... what I'm trying to figure out is if they are going to shoehorn them in or not. It's... That'd be interesting because, um, like I said, interesting about Moon Knight is the first character's been introduced for the first time on TV. Everybody mm-hmm. else has came from the movies. They've had a, they've had a show based on the fact they were original a character. So it would be interesting to see do they introduce Miss Marvel in some small way, um, mm-hmm. on in a movie, and then they sort of flesh out and give her a full origin story um, in, the, yeah. in her own, in her own series. So that would be interesting, but I think from what I've read, I think your first introduction to Miss Marvel will be in the TV show, not in the movie. Yeah, but I mean, they, they do need to, they're not stupid, and they, you know, the, the Avengers were a big thing, so they do need to rebuild that, that team, do you know what I mean, a, a team of heroes, so, you know, that they're kind of... I think they're going to get weird that. with it. I think that's where they're going. I think they're going to get really weird with it. Um, yeah. Like, it's not going to be, it's going to be quite... I think it won't be a traditional Avengers lineup. I think it'll be, you know, stuff like a Moon Knight, a Doctor Strange, you know, Squirrel Girl, possibly. Shit like that. The dream like, is the dream is there for Squirrel Girl. Um, well, uh, they're doing her. They're not bringing her into some TV show. Squirrel Girl. I think they talked yeah. about doing it. Yeah, yeah she's in yeah. and all, all the video games I play. She's in that. They bring her into that. So obviously she is around and she is in the world. So they obviously don't they acknowledge her. So it's not like they're um, totally embarrassed by it. On on Moon Knight, Oscar Isaac's acting, isn't it? Enjoy it. I think yeah. everything else, guys, is doing as a choice. I don't think the accent is by mistake. I think he's definitely no. picking that for a purpose. Yeah. The way he's um, switching between the accents really well is, done. Is, is really clear. That, I mean, that's a talent, I think, doing yeah. that, you know, just characters like that, just, you know, and, and, and is it a drop of a hat, you know, like now you're Stephen, you know, and now you're yeah. Mark, you know, and it's just like, yeah, just even these wee, there's a bit in this week's one that you've not seen yet. I won't spoil it at all. Mm. But there's one bit in it where he goes from one character to the next, and it's just like that really subtle. You watch his face as well. He does what McAvoy does in Split. Well. Mm. It's, what my, it's, it's, it's almost a body language as much as a yeah. voice. It's, it's, it's yeah. a look that he gives. You go, right, I know who this guy is instantly. I know who it is. Um, also, I think it's this, the... Um, What's his, what's his um, English character called again? It's Stephen. Steve. Stephen. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Stephen. Yeah. A very charming, lovable character. You do feel ah, so. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you're you're, like, you're all you're you know, on his side. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the, the female character, the, the Layla, is it Layla her name? Is? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, last week I wasn't sure about her, her accent. I was like, what? I don't understand what's going on with this character. This mm. week um, I've really warmed her a lot more. So she comes into her a lot, kind of she's got a lot to do yeah. this week. And I really, really warmed her a lot, lot more. Um, but yeah, I've watched the third one. I won't spoil it at all. But if I say it's, it gets weird. Um, yeah. And it does shit. And you're like, this is fucking nuts. This is insane. Um, but yeah, watch, you'll see the bit I mean where, where it just kind of flips between the characters, but it's a close up of the face, and you're just Aye. like, fuck, I never realized quite how, how good he new, is. New right. each character is, and how yeah. he's, you know, just that wee subtle, subtle change. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, got you. Got um, you. I like, I'm big that excited about it more is the fact that a guy like Ethan Hawke in it, he's a guy who, for the most part of his career, has avoided the big budget, he's avoided the, the massive blockbuster. So yeah. the, the very fact he was interested in doing this tells me this must have something about it that made him yeah, want yeah. to watch, want to be involved in it. Yeah, and you know, his he, character and performance has been great as well. He, he yeah. does play a, a kind of creepy bastard really, really well. I think, from what I've heard, that character, I'm not aware of it, that, that character was mentioned, in, or he's in one comic for almost like half a comic, that's it. I was reading that, yeah. And he's, like, and he's, he's allowed to sort of character. expand it out and make yeah. it his own, which is really great. Yeah, yeah, and he is, he's totally, you know, he's made a fully fleshed character out of it, and yeah. only, you know, even in the first episode, by the end of it, you're like, you know, yeah, he's... he's you can't get who this guy is, you understand yeah. him to a great degree. Absolutely. Um, so don't, you don't agree with him, but you know who he is. What, well, yeah. you watch your interest, anything else? Um, I finished watching Mrs. Maisel tonight. Um, oh, lovely, so that's me finish season four. The first four or five episodes didn't quite catch me the way the others have. The last three episodes have kind of got me invested in that last episode we watched there. Yeah, they kind of went out in a big way. So I think there's still another season to come. Um, but they ended that one really well, you know. So they've just kind of, I think they've had a wee dip and then it's just kind of ramped up, 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 and then boom, got you again. And that's nice. for next season. Um, so it was really good. I love the fact that um, it's fictional, Mrs. Maisel. I think it's loosely based on, I want to say John Rivers possibly as the inspiration behind right, okay. the, the kind of story. Um, but they, they, they do a lot of stuff in it with Lenny Bruce, who is a real character. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the, the guy that plays him um, captures him really, really well. And I've got a kind of personal vested interest in Lenny Bruce. I like him a lot. I've listened to a lot of his stuff and, you know, kind of know about uh-huh. him and stuff like that. So it's nice to see Lenny Bruce portrayed on, on the screen as well. Um, and hearing them do skits and sketches that I've heard <laughs> Lenny Bruce doing as well, I'm like, yeah, this, this guy's... Decent man, so I'm really enjoying the Leonard part of it as well. Speaking um, of um, comedians, you see who died yesterday? No, who died yesterday? Gilbert Gottfried. Oh no, did he? Yeah. Oh, who, that, that voice, man. That, yeah. that voice. It's who, Jesus Christ. So he did the voice he, of Yazoo, not Yazoo, who is it in Aladdin? What's the name of the parrot in Aladdin? I think it is. Yeah, it's something like that. I yeah, he's just voice. That, that was his yeah. sort of big, big sort of voice, but he also was in like Problem Child and things like that. Yeah, yeah. If he gets a chance. Was just, I loved watching him doing the roasts. He was always Good. amazing if, in the roasts. His, if you ever get a chance, find his, it's all, I'll find a movie called The Aristocrats. Have you ever seen that? The one where he's Yes, Billy Conley and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. His version of The Aristocrats joke is quite honestly phenomenal. It will absolutely, yeah. it, it broke, like, there's, there's great comedians in the room listening to him do it, and they are absolutely buckled by it. And that tells you, he seems to be a comedian who made other comedians laugh a lot, which yeah. I think is pretty good. Um, yeah. But his telling of that joke, which it's not a very good joke, but it's just, it's how you tell it. Really it is a funny joke, though. I, I like the the kind of Aristocats and you're like no no not the Aristocats no yeah. <laughs> um, um, was the, way that his, the way he tells it is a stunning real. It's, it's brutally funny like brutally yeah. brutally funny his 9-11 yeah. joke was also pretty funny but didn't do it at the right, at the right time 
but yeah. I think I think that was a choice. So I think it was, you know, let, let's fucking, you know, let, let's just tackle this shit and go for it. I think that was, Aye, that was it. Was it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was that is that his real voice? Like um, Bobcat Goldthwait, for example. That, that's not his real voice. When you I think it's an exaggerated like version of his voice. I think he's got a yeah. voice similar to, but I don't think I think it's exaggerated to sort of. Um, for like sort of artistic effect, Com- comedic effect, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, I didn't know that. That's a shame. Um, he, he must have been an old fella. Yeah. No, I think he's in his sixties actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, he wasn't. He actually wasn't as old. I can always say was you. I thought he must have been like his eighties or something. Like that. But mm. no, I think he was actually surprisingly like young. I think he's just looked old for a while. To be honest, he looked like an old man. Yeah, because a... I've always kind of remember him looking. I guess he's got that that kind of heavy kind of you know squint in his eye. You know what I mean? Like he's always kind of. Um, do you know I mean? his eyes are always half closed and stuff, so maybe he just looks yeah. older. 67 he was. Which isn't, yeah, I mean, there's still, still life yeah. after that, do you know no. what I mean? Fucking hell. That's, and that's his, a shame, man. The character he played in Aladdin was Iago. Iago, right. Iago, right. that's the name of the character. He was also in stuff like, he was in um, Problem Child with a big one as well, he's in um, Beverly Hills Cop 2 he popped up in as well, and he, tons of like TV game shows, but like I said, if you get a chance to ever find the, the, the documentary The Aristocrats, it's basically a documentary about um, a joke. A joke that other comedians tell each other, basically as a warm up yeah. or a, almost a spoof type joke, that is utterly filthy, and it, it, it's more the filthier you make it, the funnier it gets, and the more disgusting yeah. you can make it. Is the is the point yeah, of the joke? It's funnier, yeah. It's the yeah. same joke, but you're spit on it. Just you know, it's just yeah. how, how how far can you push it? Push it. That's pretty much pretty what much what it is. is. And I think yeah. Gilbert Godfrey pushes it probably as far as any one person wants to push it, and mm. like a, on a national stage, to be honest, because mm. he does go pretty far with it. I actually want to watch that again. Now that you've brought it up, I'd, I'd forgotten about that. I remember we went and seen that. This, I think me and Chris went and seen this, and we got warned like on three occasions. What this film was yeah. like, we bought the tickets. I said, "Now, by the way, this film is deeply affected." And like, yes, what my tickets? And then we got when you had the ticket over at the ticket place. Um, you know that ticket place. Like, when you hand it to the girl or the, or the guy at the, the front of the door. You know, when you, before you went to the screens, they went. Yeah. Just have to warn you again. This film is blah blah. blah. And we're going. Do you want to see one? We are so fucking ready for this film. Yeah. Too long. <laughs> and then before the film started, somebody came out. And made it clear what this film was. We're like, oh, I cannot fucking wait for this film. Like, yeah, so, so, so. Before we watched the film, so I was like, oh yeah, and it, it deserves it because it is pretty selfish. It is, it, yeah, it doesn't hold back. It's, it's quite a good gimmick that because that that was quite a kind of thing back in the fifties, wasn't it? Sixties yeah. with the horror films, you would get the warning and say, you know, like if anyone dies of a heart attack, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not stuff like that. that kind of stuff. And yeah. as soon as you see that, you're like, I want to see that. You know, I want <laughs> yeah. a heart attack. You know, fuck, kill me, kill me. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so. Gilbert Godfrey, probably, it, you'll know the voice, but if you get a chance to yeah. watch some of these, some of these stand up, particularly the Aristocrats one, it is yeah. genuinely phenomenal. That um, and he's roasted. There's a lot of comedy roast, and he's just yes. brutal. He's, he's horrible. He, he, is, he, he doesn't pull back at all. He's just like, you know, fuck you, I'm going to fucking bury you right now. <laughs> yeah, he goes for it in a big way. He goes for the throat, and then he doesn't, <laughs> that's where he starts, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, much. Pretty much. But that's a real shame. I didn't know that, man. But oh. it's a guy who you watch, you know, you'll probably go back out and you'll probably watch him on YouTube stuff. It'll make, make you laugh again. You know, it's why you enjoy the match Exactly. So much. Yeah. Anyone that leaves a legacy behind like that, then you know um, they've only done good in the planet. So exactly. Um, right. Anything else you've watched? Sorry. sorry, anything else you've watched of interest? Um, that that's Resident Evil, and I'm still kind of working my way through as well, which is it's kind of picking. I think we're on the season finale tomorrow, and I, sure. again, much like Mrs. Maisel, it kind of started off at a bit of a dip, and it's kind of gone uphill now. So it's you know, it's, it's getting to top of that hill again, ready for the, the next the next part. So it's yeah. picking up and it's it's recommended viewing. Um Alan Tudyk as always. How can you know? Always lovely, yes. If you don't love Alan Tudyk, then 
Yeah, something yeah. wrong with you, agreed. Yes. Yeah, quite, you've got to question your own your own life choices at that point. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> what have you been watching, sir? Nothing, dude. Um, very, very quiet in the, in the movie front, uh, sorry, the TV front. Kind of dipped in and out of the dropout, um, which is on Disney Plus. We've not really had a chance mm. to sort of really properly get involved in that. Um, we did smash through the first two seasons of Derry Girls again um, in preparation of the of season three. So I've never and, ever seen Derry Girls. Is it as good as the hype? Because I, I imagine it being like a kind of. You know, look, maybe roar version of Mrs. Brown's Boys, for example. No, definitely not. A lot cleverer than no. that. Right, um, okay. Season one is magnificently funny, like jaw-droppingly, insanely funny. There's, there's like an old granddad in it who will absolutely brutalise you. It's It's got that very Irish, sort of Northern Irish sort of gallows humour all the way through it, mm. where like, people are brutally honest with each other to, to maximum comedy effect. Very much like Glasgow or the West of Scotland, where it's yeah. like... People will just tell you like it is, and it become, it's very funny because there's no holding back. Second season is a little bit of depth. It's, it's not quite as clever, but the first episode of season three, and every season so far, they're gonna, or every episode so far, I think season two, they're going to have a guest star, like a major guest star in it. Um, and this one had probably the best guest star already in it, um, playing a playing a RUC member, um, was Big Liam. Oh, it's big, big Liam turned up. Big Liam turned up for one, one in episode. So, he, so he, is this one that the, the Irish are embracing in a big way? Oh, here? In a huge like, you way, know, huge this, way. Is, this is ours, you know. You Much like Father know. Ted and things like that, it's one of those yeah. kind of shows. It's like they, they really, it's poking fun at it, but it's in a loving way that sort of feels you almost, you you, you almost you recognize people that you know in it, you know, almost mm. like, like I've got an uncle like that, I've got a dad like that, or I've got a brother yeah. like that, I've got a friend like that. It's all very much in those ways. And it's, when it hits, it's, it's all the characters in it are very well defined, and um, yeah. they all have their own thing. You always know who each per- where each person is coming from, um, and when it, it does hit and funny, it is exceptionally funny. It's yeah. it's only like six episodes each season, so it's time to craft its jokes and time to craft its story. And yeah. um, so when it does hit, it is like insanely funny. Like they have, but then also much like re- always really good comedies, does they have an emotional punch in it somewhere sometimes? Like yeah. Yeah. season one has like the all as, as a, the finale sort of. Or I think it's season episode five of, se- of season one. The kind of big comedy moment with the, with the young girls in it is played over the parents watching the Omaha the, the announcement of the Omaha bombings. Right, right. Okay. So it really, yeah. it, it, there's a real pathos to it that plays through. You have these like young people who have sort of been brought up in this world. They're trying to sort of force their way ahead. You have also these parents who have been brought up in a world who have been. It's obviously a very different island, and it's sort of yeah. they're feeling a bit beaten down by it. And then you have stuff yeah. like. The, it's set in the nineties. You have the peace process coming through and stuff like that, and what it means mm-hmm. to them and stuff like that. So it's it, mm. it, very, very funny, but also very hard hitting at times as well. A um, little bit, I like that. We we were just getting on the back of that when we were watching Mrs. Maisel tonight. Mm. Um, again, that's always really funny and sharp, but it does the same. It'll just throw in these like kind of you know big poignant speeches, and it uh-huh. just you know blows you back in your chair and you're like fuck, that's deep. And it done that yeah. tonight, you know, when it was kind of crashing out at the very end. There was a big scene between her and. Right. Lenny Bruce talk about fame and all that way for so, but it was like proper, you know, like tense, you know, and like you kind of stop breathing, you know, you're laughing, and then you just suddenly like, oh, the air sucked out you because it's like it's like yeah, you first watch yeah. like um like Black Hat Black like season four, and you think it's just very funny, then you start you start watching it, and there's lines in it like you know what was the line that really gets me all the time? It's like Colonel Melchett's trying to move his drinks cabin at six inches closer to Berlin, and you realize yeah. what that means. It's just sort of just yeah. the death of millions and all to like sort of. Over a piece of land, or the, the final scene of you know, um, totally, and it's horrible. That isn't it? It's, uh, it is proper. Like you're watching it, and it's dead funny, and then you, right. you just like boom, and you're like, "Fuck me!" <laughs> something that we've met, something that in that same episode when it's um, about before they go over the top and Black Adder Four, they're mm. um, 
there's a scene in it when Rowan Atkins sat with his underwear on his head trying to pretend to be mad. And that's in the same episode, and then at the end of the episode, it has an emotional punch that will it will resonate for forever. Yeah. You almost feel like you know, it kind of you know, put something in your throat, you, and you're like, "Fuck me!" Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's, you know, it's funny, you know, but it can, you know, it, there's a message there as well, yeah. and it, you know, it fucking hits you with it. Yeah. So, Daily Girls yeah. is very much in that tone. And I think it's on, it's on like E4, so you can download all the episodes if you want to watch them. I think you, if you like, do you like Far Ted? If you like Far Ted and enjoy it. Massive fan of Art If you like Fart Ted and the IT crowd and stuff like that and um, all that kind of stuff, you'll most definitely enjoy it. It's, it's definitely cool. in that vein. Each up 22 minutes an episode, it's you'll blast through it as well, well and you will laugh. I'm freeing up space with, as I say, that's uh, Mrs. Maisel done and yeah. tomorrow, Rizzo So that'll give me a wee hour or two spare. So I'm going to be jumping into that and Peacemaker, I think, is probably yes. next on the to watch list so but Fire and Fairy Girls you'll be, I think you'll come back and you'll see you laugh like I, I honestly howl the laughter at it and you and you will love the granddad the granddad his, his brutal honesty towards the father is something that is just it's, it's insanely funny like insanely funny yeah. you know, I will check it out sir, on your recommendation yeah um, can I just point out to, to anyone that's listening um, that can't see but Richard just now looks very much like a convict for a American prison with your orange <laughs> t-shirt and your beanie on. Yeah, you do. Yes, the I red t-shirt is red. It's not orange. It's very it's orange on my screen, sir. Okay, yeah, you don't look like you're not a kind of max security penitentiary, <laughs> so you do like a member of some gang with your, your orange shirt on. Yeah, yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely guy who's hiding in I'm hiding in some random corner. I'm not embracing prison life. Oh, um, I'd be I'd be everybody's bitch in prison. Oh, I'd, I'd be a bitch if I just offer it up just to try and survive. <laughs> <laughs> so um, on from that, let's talk about movies that we've seen in the cinema. So we'll start with the two that are new and then we'll finalise the one that you've seen that we talked about last week that I think you have thoughts on um, just while we're, while we're here because um, Stu hadn't seen it and I think I want to talk to someone about it as well. So okay. first one we'll talk about is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 um, directed by Jeff Fowler um, who was behind the seats, behind the camera of Sonic the Hedgehog 1 um, for his sins. Um, I didn't mind Sonic the Hedgehog 1. I thought it was actually quite charming and a lot of cuteness. Yeah. Totally caught me off guard because I was going thinking, here we go, another video game movie. And yeah, I came out and I was like, fuck, that was actually decent. Um, yeah, still- like it's not, by no means is it great, but it's got a lot of charm to it. It's very cute, it's very sweet, and there's a nice kind of buddiness to it that I actually um, sort of actually found quite charming. So it was yeah. quite, you know, enjoyable. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Dr. Robonic returns to Earth with a new ally in the forms of Knuckles, the echidna. Mm. Um, Sonic and his new friend Tails stands in a way as they're trying to locate the chaos crystal that will give them yeah. the power of the universe, essentially. So essentially, the, the infinity gauntlet they're looking they're for. They're going fan. Yeah, they went Thanos for that shit. They went Thanos for shit, <laughs> um, so they can rule the world. So in this, Sonic and, Knuck, Sonic and Tails are trying to stop Knuckles and Dr. Robonic at the same time as their friends from the previous one, um, the, the, the human couple, are sort of tangentially involved in it somewhere. Yeah, they go say, on yeah. honeymoon and have walked yeah. into the adventures yeah. and a weird kind of... Yeah. Yeah. So in the film, you've got James Marsden playing Sonic's, like, essentially dad in it. He's sort of like Sonic's yeah. pseudo father. Um, Jim watch. Carrey plays Dr. Robonic. Um, ben Schwartz plays Sonic. Um, Idris Elba plays Knuckles. Uh, Tika Sumter plays like Sonic's mum, essentially. Um I can't remember who done the voice of Tails. She's not. She's a voice actress. She's not like a. Yeah, she's, she's a, done a lot of video voice games, work. And a lot of a lot of animated stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I do apologize. Actress, I don't actually know her name. I have to find her name out. Um, can't remember. Do you know what I'm going to put out in front of you what really annoyed me first of all in this film and it's, it's a very minor thing because um, and based on oh, Kate, Colin O'Shaughnessy if we're talking about Irish people Col- yeah. Colin O'Shaughnessy plays uh, the voice of Tails like I said she, she does a lot of um, uh, voice work so yeah, yeah um, 
Knuckles is not in Sonic until number three in real life in mm-hmm. the games. And that annoyed me that he, he, he brought in his number two, like because the the poster had the Sonic Two symbol as well, and I'm like, oh, this is Sonic Two, which is fine because Tails kind of Sonic Two. I think, why bring Knuckles? I think that's to sell Tails. I think Tails is the Sonic Two correlation. I don't think it's in any kind of game order, or no, you know, Tails no, comes in the second one and he's from Sonic Two. I think I, think I absolutely fine. know that's the case, but it still annoyed me, <laughs> and, and it shouldn't annoy me, but it did. Um, I'll start with this yeah. one. So. Uh, a lot of things annoy me. That's the thing that really got me. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing suffers heavily, heavily from the sequel-itis, where it's, you need to have every character back and you have mm. to almost give them a bigger arc in order to make them viable in the story, which it did. Because you have, like, so not only is Sonic back, makes sense, but no. bring him in Tails, he's new, bring him in, got yeah. to use him. Knuckles is in, that's a new character again. You've yeah. then got Dr. Robonic, obviously you have to bring him back because he's the main baddie. Then you have Sonic's, like James Marsden's character and the wife who really don't have anything to do in this, you know, but they have to try and make a story out of them. Then yeah. you have like her sister has a, yeah. an arc. A big, yeah. Then you have also Robonic's assistant has an mm-hmm. arc for some bizarre reason. Then you also have... pointless, yeah. Pointless. Yeah. You've then got this sort of military guy who popped up in the first one for like five minutes. He's the deputy, got a thing. Yeah, the deputy yeah. as well. It, oh. it is, it's like, you know, how much can we relate? We need to, you know, we've got right. all this, we need to use them. And it's like, no, yeah. you don't need to use them, you know. So by that reckoning, the film's at least 25 minutes too long. If you cut out three of those plot lines, you've lost a good chunk of story that would actually make this more streamlined. And yeah. it could have actually yeah. helped to sort of give the plot a little bit more um, speed and Sort of, um, sort of to try and get to the conclusion and make up because most of the stuff is pretty it's A to B to C to D there's not a huge amount of story and it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty straightforward but yeah it's a fucking video game for Christ's uh, sake do you know what I mean you could write it on a piece of paper do you know what I mean and one yeah. page and that's, that's your story yeah and, yeah and that's and so I was kind of bored because it went on for so long I did enjoy Jim Carrey I thought he was enjoyable he seems to be oh, fun he's it, taking the most ridiculous concept character and and you know again as I keep saying this word but he's fleshed it out do you know what I mean because yeah. he's, you know, he's Jim Carrey he doesn't if Jim's doing something he's fucking doing it do you know yeah. what I mean he's, he, he, he's, he's can't look away from Jim you know so yeah. it, he is definitely the MVP of this um, really yeah. enjoyable Um CGI is fine, but the action scenes to me were very derivative. There's nothing new, yeah. very much a mishmash of everything. Um, and the biggest thing for me, and again, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't actually be in this film because he actually has no real story. James Marsden, James Marsden has been criminally underused by Hollywood. The I man think. has charm. Who's his can, charm? Charisma. He's handsome. He can like, sing. He can dance. He can do yeah. action. He can do comedy. And he's yeah. reduced to being a bit part in a Sonic Two movie. To this me, is that, the guy that was Cyclops in the fucking X-Men film. He's on Hairspray as well, and he does, yeah. he's got depth, he's, he's got range, yeah. and he's just sort of left behind. I don't know why. He's, he's got the good looks, he's got the Chris Pine, Chris Hensel, he's got that handsomeness about him, and yeah, Aye. he's just never... Never, never got it. So I didn't enjoy it. Thing. I found I found it I found it pretty dull. I, I found it pretty boring. Um, I didn't really get that involved. It's too long. There's some nice wee scenes in it that, that I did kind of enjoy. Like I did kind of for some reason I found the dance off pretty funny. Like it, it doesn't make sense, but I did I did kind of giggle at it. I found it yeah. the facility of it quite funny. Um, but other than that, it was pretty much a a, a sort of laugh free zone. And even Jill said to me as we walked out, she went, "Who's that film for?" And I'm like, "I don't." really know because 
I don't know if kids really care about who Sonic is. I don't think any adult who plays Sonic now is going to be that entertained by this film because it's pretty childish, but not childish enough to entertain kids. So, like, who is it actually for? I think it's pro- there's probably because Caleb enjoyed it. I took Caleb to see who's um, 11, going to be 12 soon. And he liked it not as much as the first one, but he did like it. Um, right, okay. So, I think your niche for this is probably 12 to 15, I would say. Okay. I think it's that 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 kind of it's a specific niche, twelve to fifteen, and then it's kind of hoping to lure the older fuckers like us that played the video game. game I mean, even take your kids to because we go, oh, your dad used to play this, come and watch it type thing. Uh, absolutely. Um, anyone younger than that would probably get really really bored with it. Um, and like, can anyone over like kind of sixteen to to maybe like kind of thirty? They're playing GTA. They're not playing fucking Sonic. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So I think it is like that. You know, you know. 12, 13, 14, 15, boom, that's right. It's done decent business, apparently. So, oh, that's well, there's amazing. a lot of fucking 13 year olds out there. Do you know what I mean? It is a big demographic if you think about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like your teenage market is exactly who it's going for. Um, yeah. What do you think of it? Boys as well. um, I think I probably enjoyed it more than you because I had the kid with me and he, he enjoyed was chucking it, yeah. away. And, you know, he was, he got all the Easter eggs and references and stuff right, like okay. that as well. So, probably enjoyed it a bit more because of that. But, yeah, I mean, o- overall, it, it didn't hold up. Compared to the first one, I, I really enjoyed immensely. I think I maybe scored that an eight out of ten, possibly. Possibly um, you did mad, maddenly. You did probably run about yeah, that. Yes, yeah. th- this didn't hold up to it at all. Um, I, this, it wasn't a bad movie. And I wouldn't, I, you know, I didn't feel like you know I resented buying a ticket for the kids. You know what I mean? The, the, oh, it no. it's definitely for kids. Movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I munched my popcorn. I had my my, my coke and enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I laughed. Um, you know, I, I've got I, I love tales. Um, I'm a massive, massive tales fan. So, for me, seeing tales brought to life on the screen was like, oh my god, it's cute. Um, and Sonic Two I, is my game as well. Sonic Two is the one in the game that I played the most as a kid. Like I didn't, I played Sonic a little bit because I, I, I was a wee bit young for that. So I was at mm-hmm. I was at the prime age for Sonic Two. I can True. I can genuinely do the first three or four levels of that game. Not watching the screen, blindfolded, just go. You know, I know exactly when to press. I know instantly when to press buttons to get through that level. Through the level, every wee shortcut and that kind ah, of stuff. I know, um, it, in, I know it inside out, back to front. Um, um, I would say yeah. that, that strangely enough, the, the standout for me, same with the first one as well, um, is is the character who plays Marsden's wife. I've fallen in love with her. She is just amazing. Okay, she's she, wonderful. She's got a lot of charisma, yeah, a lot of charm, but she's she not has in this. Nothing to, to do. do. Nothing to do. But when you're watching her, you can see, you know, she, she can act. Um, you know, she, she's wonderful to look at. Do you know what I mean, she she draws you. But I, you're just like, give this woman some fucking, you know, give give her a character. Let let her, you know, let her evolve a wee bit. Um, uh-huh. Jim Carrey, as you say, um, yeah, I mean, Carrey goes for it. As I say, to take a character like that, you know, and, and much like Ace Ventura, Jim, on paper, you're like, that's fucking nonsense. Do you know what I mean? And Carrey just comes along and goes, well, there you go, there's what I'm going to do with it. And he mm. just totally, you know, he, he just totally gets this character. He understands how ridiculous the character is and uh-huh. brings it to life in a way that no one else could. Right, um, agreed. The only, the only way you could do that character is to you know make it CGI and completely nuts. Um, so mm. to, to get a live action version of Doctor Robotnik that works on screen is in itself a small marvel. And he does he does get the character down pretty well. I thought he, he yeah, gets like, he gets shit, the cause of yeah. all the character, the madness of the character, yeah. really 
pretty well done, to be honest. But what you're saying spot on, whenever he's on screen, you're, you're just watching Carriage. I mean, you're watching to see what he's doing in the background, what he's doing in the foreground. Yeah. You know, you're waiting for, you know, some ridiculous nonsense to spout out his mouth. Yeah. And, you know, you just, you, totally, the, the man's... He's a legend, Gary. Isn't he? Yeah. he is a I mean, legend. And he sells it. He wants to sell the line. Papa's got a brand new stash. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? you're like, yeah. Fucking Jim Carrey, does it? But yeah. as I say, when you look at the man's body, well, things like the mask and and you know, that fucking Ace Ventura and character like this on paper, it's like these are shite. You know, what I mean, it's pure drivel. And all of those films, he takes that character and just makes a fucking. Yeah, it's a true, thing, genuine you know? comedy original. The point where, like, you almost sad when he's not doing comedy because he just uh, he does it better than probably anyone of his own generation. But like, there's probably yeah. no one to match him in his generation. Oh yeah, for sure. Just sheer, for, for just sheer sure. madness. You ever watch him do stand up and he does like sort of five characters in the one play and he does like he does a Clint Eastwood and he makes himself no. look like Clint Eastwood with no makeup. No, spike no. and in his face. It's genuinely terrible. It's brilliant, but also fucking terrifying, terrifying. because it's like yeah. there's no masks, there's no makeup. All you've done is like moving your face, and it's like that's that is that is funny. That is genuinely yeah, terrifying. But it's Jim Carrey, dude. Yeah. No, just just him. Um, I did enjoy um because I'm a big old idiot and I used to play like Sonic, like you, I mean Sonic one and two and three and stuff like that. Um, I did enjoy all the wee Easter eggs. I mean, all the kind of loop loops and. The mobile phone being the, the old um the music of the game and yeah. even the game, even the, the big maze at the end is sort of where they go the to labyrinth, it's not yeah. Labyrinth yeah. very much like they sort of lost nods to the yeah. game. And I, I enjoy the stuff that nods to the game and yeah. I get it and it's it's lovely. Like I like when he's when he's um when Tails just carry him, that's what used to happen if you fell behind, Tails yeah, exactly. get you and yeah. drop the you off. And... Even things like the airplane and stuff for like that as well. So I think for that I probably enjoyed it more than I probably Stuff like that makes the movie more than the movie is. I yes, guess. It's, it's, it's small it's, moments rather than actual yeah, overarching story. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I I did enjoy the, the Marsden kind of wedding sideline. I quite enjoyed the comedy moments in that, like the sister-in-law and stuff like that. That was that would have made quite a good film, not in Sonic, almost. Yeah, you know but I mean? it, it, it felt was, completely out of place in this film. The point, yeah. like, it did feel like an absolute tangential story that has no actual bearing on the actual film itself. As you say, it's like hey, we've got these characters, we need to use them. And it's like, no, you, you don't. I mean, like, if you'd have focused on the Sonic I genuinely movie, thought when there. he sent Marsden off at this, in the first 10 minutes, that, that was, was it, their yeah. story done. But I didn't well, think you'd ever see them again. Because they done that with Chipmunks, wasn't it? With the uh-huh. second um, Jason, Jason Lee. Lee, and then they bring them back for the last two minutes, and it works. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, because then you get to focus on the fucking daftness that's Chipmunks singing. Do you know what I mean this uh-huh. should have done the same? I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Out of ten, what are you giving it? Out of ten, um, probably give it five and a half, pushing towards a six. I think. Okay, I am going below five. I'm going four. Oh, you, you're a bad man. So yeah, I don't get you, man. You give shit that, that I give a three, you give it a seven, and then you, you, I, can't, I can never stick you, Mr. Laird. You, you're I didn't enjoy it. I just I didn't I enjoy it. Man. I really did not no. enjoy it at all. And I think that's the no. part of it. I just, didn't, I, just didn't, I just didn't get it. I didn't like it. I just, and I, and I, like I said, I, I didn't love the first one, but I found a bit of appreciation for the first one. Yeah. This is what I thought the first one would be. Just yeah. drivel. I think yeah. the reason everyone enjoyed the first one so much is because no one expected it to be good. I yeah. think also, the last film we all saw pretty much before lockdown as well. Possibly that as well. But yeah, I think the first one was like, God, that a Sonic movie, here we go. And, you know, you went to shoot and you're like, that was actually, you know, better. I think it caught me off guard. Yeah. 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 Better than a Lego movie going, holy shit, this is really good. Like, it better, yeah. way better than expected it to be, you know? Yeah, that kind absolutely. Of thing. 
Absolutely. Um, so four out of ten from me, five and a half, six from you. So anyway. So we'll give it um, a five. Round it down to our five. There you go. Hey, well, before we before I go on to the Fantastic Beast, because I'm the one that's seen that, let's talk about a film with that I talked about last week that um, you have seen now, um, and that's the film Morbius. Um, now, my thoughts were made clear on last week's pod, um, directed by Daniel Espinosa, who directed Life, Child Forty Four, Safe House. I think all three of those films me and you saw together. Oddly, I think possibly, Life, yeah. possibly, yeah. yeah, we did actually yeah. see them together. Yeah. Um, Morbius, Living Vampire in the City, Blood Defect. Manages to yeah. get himself healthy. The, the blood, he, it gives him a craving for human blood, though, because um, that's partly part of the story. And yeah. up against his best friend, who's also got a, a genetic defect, who also needs the blood, but he goes bad with it, essentially. Yeah. Um, Jared Leto, Matt Smith, Jared Harris, Tyrese Gibson, Al Madrigal, Adriana Arjona. Um, I thought it was a piece of lazy half hours made by committee shit. Um, what did you think of it out of interest just now you have seen it? That, that was a good description, actually. Yes. I had the word fucking in the middle. Yeah. You're, you're, you're close to what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I, I, I went in with low expectations. Yes. Because the problem is, is who fucking cares? Who, ca- who does care? No one cares. That That's the problem with, with these Marvel Sony spin-offs. Is, yeah. You know, Sony want to keep doing like, these are their characters. And it's like, yeah, but so fucking much. I mean, I don't care about Morbius. Um and they haven't built fucking, up enough goodwill right now that we like. If Marvel brings out Moon Knight, we go right. Okay, you've done some yeah. weird stuff in the past. We'll give you a chance. They've brought in mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, but you've done enough back stuff. We go, we'll give you a chance. They've not done anything to justify more base loving vampire. No, it's, it's just a character that. And the problem is, is you know that these characters are never going to make it into the big league. There's not going to be. A, a Spider-Man crossover. They're not oh, going to be. Oh, they're in. trying. They're pushing for it, and they want oh, it. I, I know they are, but they're not going to care it because this pish and and you know the reviews and the critics and and us Joe public are, are quite fucking you know vocally saying no, it's shit, and mm. it's always going to keep them back. Um, I thought Leto's performance. I didn't mind actually. He was actually surprisingly understated. Yeah, yeah, which it didn't go stupid with it. You know, he mm-hmm. was, he kind of reigned and um, he's, I think he's an interesting actor. Um, I, I do enjoy him. Um, I think he's makes bad choices, Joker. Um, yes. I knew he's picked this as well. Um, you know, so he seems to have an eye for a shitty film, um, but he's a good actor, which is the same. I don't get Matt Smith. I don't, I don't get the guy at all. Um, I think, he, and I don't mean this in a horrible way, it just looks fucking weird. Um, mm. It doesn't convince me as an actor. You know, to me, he's he's a kind of wooden BBC Doctor Who guy. That that's Matt Smith for me, and that's yeah. what I see every performance. I'm like, I don't buy you, dude. Even in that one last night in Soho, I'm like, mm. I just don't buy the dude as an actor, which is shit. Because I'm sure the guys, you know, done stage and stuff like that, and you know, he's earned his stripes. I'm sure, and it's probably just me being a complete twat, but. I just don't get I don't, him I don't think he's a movie actor. I think oh, that's a big thing. I think he's maybe a, he has yeah. a TV actor. He doesn't quite have the gravitas to to sort of be a movie actor that I'm really that interested to see. Like he was in that Pride, Pride and Zombies as well. Yeah. He has done a few yeah. things on screen, but I just, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just not entirely convinced of a see him on screen. I'm like really that interested. Or he's a baddie in this. He has that much threat to him. He doesn't really, but that's, that's also part yeah. of his, that could, that could be the story as much as anything else. He's not I think the that. problem is just the story, the, the, the narrative just goes and it skips along without filling you in as to why. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it's like, 
you've got all these kind of tripled kids with this disease that kills mm. them all. But you know what? Well, dude, you're not dead. Why is he so angry? Why does he want to kill him? Do, do I mean there's just shit? It just moves along and, and gives you scenarios and you're like, but why? That, that, it looks think- to me like there was a bigger version. Of, I mean, I'm not seeing a bigger version of the film be any better, but it looks like they've sliced all because it's only it's only about ninety minutes yeah. long. They do cut it down, which is fair enough yeah. to them. Which are always, mm. always very appreciative of a ninety minute movie, but. I don't know if the longer version made more sense, but it was definitely a shit ton of this film. I think it's hit the cutting room floor in order to try and just get it out there. Uh, absolutely. Um, the female characters were insulting, really. There wasn't yeah. a character. There was no character there. That's the problem. They're just yeah, damsel no, in distress nothing, nothing love interest. Whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, I, I guess the most exciting thing now about these, probably this and the two Venom movies, is the, the post-credits. That's kind of what you're going for, almost. Oh, but the, the trailer even, for this film had Michael Keaton in the trailer, and Michael Keaton turns yes. up in the fucking post-credits scene. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you kind of see that, and you're like, okay, I'm interested. And But even the post-credit, you're like... But, you, you know, you can see, you're right what you're saying, Sony in their heads, you're like, we're going to make Sinister Six and we're going to fucking, you know, we're going to get these characters into, mm. you know, Marvel Studios and not. And it's like, you're not, I'm sorry, but no, they, they're shit. Do you know what I mean? They are there's shit. No, it's just a bad there's film, no man. Place for them. And to retcon, you know, Homecoming's Michael Keaton into it, it's, it's cheap, man. It's just, just cheap and lazy. Do you know, it felt like, like it felt like a nineties comic book film. See, even before comic book films yeah. became almost legit, it felt like that. Yeah, then it felt kind of Punisher, like, stuff like that. Punisher, even, even the, the Affleck Daredevil, the first cut of that, your yeah. Catwoman's, all that kind of stuff. Even your first X-Men, it feels like a studio didn't really know what, all they know is they have a property, let's just put it out there and let's see what happens. We don't actually know what it is. It felt yeah. like, you know, that kind of feeling. Yeah, totally. And it's sad because, I mean, if you look at, I guess even the Spider-Man catalogue, the, the, there's kind of villains out there that have got motivations that would make... Like Craven the Hunter would make a much more interesting film. Well, they're doing Craven the Hunter. Oh God! Well, hopefully they'll fuck it up because there's, there's there's meat to that story. Do you know what I mean? Whereas there could be meat to the Morbius story as well if you were to do if you were to have touch from a certain angle. Just never really yeah. they, they went they, for they a very boring origin all, story. Essentially, yeah. I thought the special effects were okay. I mean, you could you mm. couldn't follow them. Um, they, they didn't really explain, you know, like the whole kind of smoky whispery thing. You look like, why. And it the, the, the final you... scene when he could call all the bats, that came from nowhere as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, that's it. They just put stuff on because they think this looks cool, you know, wouldn't it be cool if this guy could do that? And it's like, but, but why can I do that? Yeah. And it just never gives you the why. And I think a film that constantly has you saying, you know, but why is it's just fucking wrong. I think summed up by the line... This serum to bats is deadly to humans. It's lethal. That's kind of pretty much sums up that film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I mean, I, I'm always supportive of anything comic book. Um, you know, yeah. DC, Marvel, and I will go and see it because you know that th- there's always that chance that they might. For every Suicide Squad, there's a Wonder Woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're always kind of hopeful. And uh, do you know what I mean? It's, it's that. And but in this one, you know, expecting the worst, hoping for the yeah. best. And, yeah. It's a swing and a miss. Like you can love Western movies. Not every Western's a great Western, you know. So there will be bad comic book films. There'll be good comic films. Be great comic books. films. There'll also be bad ones. And this is a bad one. I, would, but, I gave it three out of ten. What would you give it? Oh, I, f- I think four and a half, five. Pushing towards. Oh, you have been very kind. You are a very kind Spe- man. Special effects were good. Lethal was okay. 
Um, okay. And, and Michael Keaton gives me a boner every time. Well, uh, Keaton got one. Jared Little got one for me as well. Um, and I think the other one just came from I was in a nice mood, essentially. Um, that was basically it. That, that was it. But um, I, I don't know. But I, I guess it's a geek in me. But I do, it, like, like I was saying, I do go in hoping, um, you know, that, that I'm going to get my, my comic book geek on. Yeah. And I do feel guilty when I don't enjoy it. I feel like I should. Well, to be fair, like, it has the audience. You know, me and you are uh, weird who these films are made for. Um, for it. Like, we all, yeah. I never thought anything would come of Blade. When I first saw Blade, and holy shit, they made one of the best comic books, probably still made the best comic book film ever made, was Blade. Yeah. And yeah. that, I had no expectations of Blade whatsoever. So, there is chance, if you if you do it right, you can still make a character completely interesting, totally compelling, um, but you just yeah. got to approach it right and approach it yeah. with, with respect. Morbius did not, no. And um, so, on from one failing. Um, sort of um, series of movies in, in the, the um, Marvel Spunk universe or the Sony Spunk universe, sorry. Um, let's move on to Warner Bros, who are still flogging the, the horse that is the Harry Potter Wizarding World. Um, oh. And this one, they are on the Fantastic Beasts, um, the, the third installment of the Fantastic Beasts series called Secrets of Dumbledore, directed by David Yates, um, who did a bunch of Harry Potters. He, oh, did, the Tars- yeah. he, did, he did the Tarzan film with. Um, very handsome Star man, Scouts, Star yeah. Yeah. Um David Yates is a director who never fails to bore me, and he, he does it continually. So that's, um, and the way David Yates is constantly impressive, that no matter what he does, I always find it insanely pretty to look at at times, but also fucking dull. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Did Yates do the last two Harry Potter films? Yes. Uh, yeah, did, yeah. Did, yeah. He made he made the fucking Maiden Walk a lot and shit like that. He made yeah. a lot and standing stand at ten for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so very briefly, this is um, um, Albus Dumbledore um, assigns Newt Scamander um, and his allies, which we'll get to in a minute, with a mission to sort of fight the power of Grindelwald because Albus Dumbledore can no longer go against them because they have a blood pact with each other because they were once in love and they've sort of to destroy one would destroy oh, the so other. So are they, are they wholly embracing the gay thing? Oh, they do. They're, and I was impressed with that. Yeah. I was pleased with yeah. that. Pleased no, with that part, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's it. And basically there's an election. They've a big kind of fascist overtone of like an election where it's very much the populist character tells you what you want, so you want to rise against the, the muggle population in the form of Grindelwald, um, up against sort of the more right-minded people. And it's um, and it's, it's a base. This film it's a bit like Phantom Menace actually. And you know, the Phantom Menace is all about um, trade oh, routes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all about political um, intrigue and sort of election rigging, which is sort of it's not it's not the most overly overtly interesting stuff for kids. Not you know? really child-friendly. Yeah, no, not really. Like, um, kids don't want fucking politics; they want to see yeah. spells. So, yeah. yeah. So I think you've got Jude Law playing Dumbledore. You've got Mads Mikkelsen playing Grindelwald, replacing Colin Farrell, who well Johnny Depp, who replaced Johnny Colin Depp. Farrell. And yeah. now he's replacing yeah. him. Um, a definite glow up from the from Johnny Depp. Mads Mikkelsen is a very handsome man, very cool man. We all like Mads. Um, you've also got Eddie Redmayne playing Newt Scamander. You've got Ezra Miller playing the character. Uh, Dan Fogler plays her little human person who we all kind of see, see the world through. And you get Jessica Williams coming into this one. She plays um, the sort of head sort of I think, potions teacher at the American Hogwarts. Right. And you've got Alison Sudo who plays um, Queenie, who's the Dan Fogler sort of the woman he loves. Mm. And Richard Coyle um, from Coupling, who I could not remember who he was in, but he's from Coupling, the TV show you remember that. He plays Dumbledore's brother, um, who plays a very important role in this. Um, I'll say this, like I said, I was, I'm very critical of David Yates. I've not been that interested in anything David Yates has done. This is a most definite improvement on the first two installments. Have you seen the first two films? Really? I've seen the first two, yeah, yeah. I would say, 
beige and dull would describe the first two? Yeah, I think the first one had ideas and you were like, cool, I'm kind of buying this. Then the second one, you were like, no. Okay, what's your this, thing? This is not my ideas. What have you done with this? They have abandoned yeah. the fantastic beastness element of yeah. it. So, it's, so yes. Newt, if you look, even look at the poster this now, Newt's commander, who it's supposed to be about, the fantastic mm. obese person, he's yeah. like third on the poster now. You know, the, yeah. the main point of sport is it's Dumbledore's story. So it's more like, about, and he has sort of an and credit in it, but he hasn't a lot, but he's not really, the, it's not quite as... So let, let's talk about, so let's go over the elephant in the room then. So break this down. So you've got Johnny Depp, right? Yes. Prick, Amber Heard, right? Boom, he's a, he's a wanker. Ezra Miller, checking checks out. Bad bastard. Yeah. Can't do that. Um, so you, you've got those elements. And you also J.K. Rowling, not J.K. Rowling. Rowling not... Yes. yes. Um, so <laughs> uh, the, the, and, uh, what we're saying is that the Harry Potter name is tarnished now and it's kind of maybe not so cool to like Possibly, it anymore. Yeah. But it's still a moneymaker because I'm going to use, sorry, Jill, to pick on you, but Jill is fucking Harry Potter. Okay, but it's the same way that. You will sit through Morbius because it's got yeah. a Marvel logo on it. But this is what they're doing. So I'm going back to take it all the way around to what you're saying now is to put Redman at the back. It's his movie yeah. to bring in Harry Potter because they're thinking, right, th- th- this is shit. We've yeah. fucked it up. How do we bring it back? Right, let's make it I have no doubt the Harry Potter verse rather yeah. than Fantastic Beasts. Yes, almost. correct. Yeah. I have no yeah. doubt this five-film series apparently is going to be will end Oof. with either... Harry's first day of, of the last shot will be Harry walking into Hogwarts or Harry's, born. or Harry's parents walking into Hogwarts, something like yeah. that, just to sort of have yeah. a night. That'll be the tie up point. Anyway, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. A definite improvement on the previous installments, and it actually feels that we're getting to what the plot of this films, these films might be. You know, it feels like we're actually building right. what, like a major overreaching story um, yeah. of the film. Um, Lauren Mickelson, they're two very heavyweight actors who add a lot of weight to the drama. and when they're on screen, to, they are, when they're on screen together, not a lot on screen together, to be fair. Um, they're very good. And when they're on screen separately, they still have a real um, sort of gravitas, gravitas yeah. to it. Yeah. Mickelson changes the character as well. I think in the, in the, in the last one, Johnny Depp played him as the Grindelwald character, a bit of a weirdo and a bit of a cook and sort of just a bit crazy. Whereas mm. Mickelson plays him more of a sort of a sociopath who sort of like want to take power for power's sake and, and to, you know, yeah. that, you know a ze- basically a zealot, you know, almost, yeah. almost trumping in some ways. He yeah. plays that, but he's a populist, so much scarier in that respect, you know, and sort of plays into sort of modern politics as well, which obviously is a big yeah. thing. Um, it does, the first half of the film seems very detached from the second half, because the first half is this whole sort of weird plot that we're trying to do. They bring a McGuffin in at that point, and then it becomes a little bit of a McGuffin, but this, it feels almost like two separate films. It doesn't really feel like it matches up very well. Um, so that felt very, almost felt like the first half of the film was kind of not really needed. In a way, when you look back on it, it doesn't really, I don't really think it offers that much. When I was thinking back, going, could you have cut all that out and just jump straight to this part? And like, you kind of could a little bit. They don't really sort of give you enough reason to keep the full first half of the film in. Um, that being said, it's still, there's still moments in the first half that are fun and silly. And there's actually a nice kind of monster bit um, when he's trying to save the brother at one point. Um, Newt Scamander trying to save the brother at one point, mm. which I really enjoyed. It's really kind of creepy. It's creepy, but funny at the same time, which. Yeah. Actually worked. Um, big problem as well is the film. This film is supposedly set in London. It's set in New York. It's set in Paris. It's set in whatever. You know, it all looks like the same one street they've used on the New York on the like sort of one or city one of Brothers back lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And all, all yes. I've done is put a new name on the street. So rather than being like, you know, London Brew Tea, or be like, you know, New York City Ale or something. It's just like so it's it's all just so very bland. You don't have to have a really sort of when thing. like kind of forties feel, but generic rather than America forties. It's just everything in the forties was the same. Where it's no, it, it, I, it, it wasn't. There's, there's yeah. nothing in this film you're watching. It go well clearly now because I go to Berlin in this film as well. And you go, I don't really know if I'm in Berlin, New York, London, or Paris. Mm. It all just looks the same mm. kind of grayscale. Like they've literally used one set and just changed the flags. Yeah, to make it look, yeah. and it, that would feel a bit of a waste for a film with what has got a pretty sizable budget. I'd imagine so. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not coming at you cheap. Um, yeah. That being said, there was some stuff in it I liked. It. Like I said, I liked Jude Law, I liked Mad Nicholson, enjoyed Dan Fogler in it. He plays a sort of, you know, your con, which you work He through. was good in the first and second yeah. one. He was funny as comic relief. He, yeah, he does yeah. well. Yeah. He, he's good in this one. Um, Jessica Williams playing the sort of the American potion teacher. Accent's a bit odd at times, but still enjoyed her a lot. She brings a lot to it. Um, Richard Coyle plays the grumpiest motherfucker I've ever seen on screen in a long time. And I mean, I've watched, and I watched Pig with Nicolas Cage. Um, this motherfucker is grumpy. Um, but again, he brings a depth to the character probably more than that character deserves. So there is a lot of good character work that I actually did really enjoy. Um, and probably going forward, that I'm intrigued by what they might do next, but not excited, I would say is the best way to put it. Like I have, do you know what I kind of get from this is, um, take it back, to um, Wizard of Oz, yeah, yep, which is great film, piece of nonsense, it's fun, it's enjoyable. And then they brought out um, Wicked, uh-huh. which takes this basic, simple, lovely yeah. idea and then politicizes it almost. Yeah, and, you know, a bit, I don't, yeah. I guess people buy it, but I'm like, I don't care, you know, this shit didn't need that level of fucking, you know, I don't need to, I don't care about the political fucking hierarchy of fucking witches and the Wizard of Oz, you know what I mean? It's like, I want to see Dorothy Toto and fucking Flying Monkeys, do you know what I mean? And it almost seems like the first one, it's like Eddie Redmayne's, you know, flapping about and he's, he's in a date and he catches beasts and I don't know if I'd have been happier with, you know, like a kind of monster of the movie idea. Yeah, like, more like, of, like him going around the world capturing certain beasts for you know yeah. maybe like almost movie of the week or monster of the week type yeah. thing. Catch. Exactly. I would I, I agree. I would I would buy into that more than I would. I don't really care about the the, the political. But the thing is, see, see, you watch the Western worlds because the good wife lady maybe watched the first two um, before we watched this one as mm. as is her want. Um, mm. If you watch the first one, the first one is very much trying to stand alone in its own world. Yeah, and I think yeah. because it was so poorly received and so people just didn't vibe on it at all, they then, on the second one, completely retooled and tried to make it about the wizarding world. Whereas yeah. I think if the first one had hit bigger, I think they might have found the mirror moving down that let's go for fantastical beast element and try and let's help. Let's have, let's have them this time we'll go to Peru and we'll try and capture yeah. a dragon or something, something yeah. like that, you know, something yeah. along those lines. But yeah. because it didn't hit, they felt like people don't like it because they don't know what it is. So how can we make them like it? Let's tie it into the, the world. So let's just mention the name that Dumbledore's in this. Holy shit. We know who Dumbledore is. Let's put him in it. That's, That's it. basically yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, it's all heading to that inevitable conclusion that they're going to bring in, you know, the Potters somewhere. In some form, it, yeah. It is going to happen. That's the fucking end game because... Yeah. And I also think as well, though... That, I also said John Mays have not brought Hagrid in yet. Because they go to Hogwarts yeah. in this one, there's still no Hagrid. And I think they're going to bring Hagrid in. Some, I think he'll play a role in the... Like, the character of Hagrid will play a role in the fourth one. And you'll yeah. find out why he is the way he is. Yeah, which we know it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Um, from yeah. fucking books and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think, is there an audience out with kind of 
25 to 45 for Harry Potter anymore. For, yeah, for my, my nieces still love it and they're young yeah. and they, they still yeah. really embrace it. Um, our, friends, our friends, Stu, my, my, who's, my, who's, my um, kids, kids are like, nah, my kids are the opposite. They don't care about Harry Potter. No, Stu was saying his, his oldest boy, who's like um, nine, I think it is, eight or nine, he's loving them. We, we bought him the book for his Christmas or his birthday this year and he, he loves all the books and stuff like mm. that. So there is still, there is still a, there's an audience still, that still keeps still going. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, definitely there. Yeah. That's, that's weird because I thought it was maybe kind of dying out. I mean, so see, my kids, they, they, they kind of liked it when they were kind of five and six, yeah. but now, do you know what I mean? Like, kind of, she's like 14 and he's 11. And like, we don't care about fucking Harry Potter. So I mean, no, uh, people, people, it's still an audience. And based on, like, they all went down to the Harry Potter world and stuff, and they all loved it. So there's definitely still an audience in the world there the, for the, it. The, uh, is, yeah. But no, they're, they're definitely, they, they have, you know, as you said, you nailed it during the first movie. They were onto something pretty cool and they, they've just bottled it. And rather than go with it, they've kind of thought, you know, right. Let, let's just bring in Rowan and all hard nonsense and yeah let's bring in Dumbledore let's just throw any names you may recognise so we'll make it yeah. we'll bring in Sirius Black or something at some point we'll bring in Absolutely. Harry Potter we'll bring in everything yeah. um, I, I, would, actually, I would love to see Scaramander going to fucking Argentina you know and fucking wrestling the great mystical wing cow I mean that would be a great like, fucking yeah. film it'd be awesome yeah. something along those lines and bring a story into that so I would give How was, uh, just before you read oh. uh, uh, six uh, um, in the past me and you have both been Pretty critical of Mr. Redmayne's acting talents. Um, elaborate. Much the same. Yeah, is he still still doing that whispery shit? Fucking. Not really convinced by him at all. Ah, uh, uh, cool. Got him. Yeah. So six out of ten for Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Okay. Did Jill um, enjoy it? What was Jill's thoughts? She's she kind of the same as me. She, we both and she, she enjoyed it more than the other two, but she still hmm. was, you know, not. She didn't. She, I think she liked it more than me, but still yeah. very much not really didn't love it the same way she loves the other. You know, she will defend the other Potter films. Um, mm. More than I will, um, rather than you know, rather than, um, rather than dislike them. So, but yeah, she didn't really vibe on it in the same way that um, that the Potter film. Sorry, um, but yeah, so six out of ten for myself. Um, that is us for this week. Next week we've got a very interesting week at the cinema, which I'm very excited for. So first up, we have the Lost City, which is Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt, Daniel Radcliffe. Speaking of Potter, all doing their thing. Yeah, the trailer for this. Here's my biggest fear: is that the trailer is what you're going to get, and that's it. I hope there's so much more because the trailer. I'm like, wow, this looks like it could be something special, and I hope it's more than the trailer. I've got a feeling it's going to enjoy. What I've heard nothing but really strong reports. So it's a film you've not seen yeah. for a while. It's a type of the kind of romancing the stone, kind of almost buddy yeah. cop, buddy cop romance kind of movie it looks yeah. like something that me and you might have liked in, like something in the 80s it very much feels like that and Sandra Bullock always watchable Tatum always watchable Daniel Radcliffe always very watchable with Brad Pitt Brad Pitt I think he's just I think he's a cameo I don't think he's much in it I think I'll, that's, t- I'll take that I'll take a cameo but it looks it looks very enjoyable it looks a good it looks a good date movie which I don't think we've had for a long time a good fun kind of date night movie which I think yeah, is yeah I think I'm going to take her into sheet next week so yeah definitely exactly. look forward to that one that's the film to go and see also out we have Operation Mincemeat which I'm looking forward to um have you seen this one? No, I know of it. I'm not I, again war drama, so I'm not. I'm war drama, British espionage, yeah, planting yeah. planting seeds of doubt in the or in the Germans' minds in the, uh, the approach to uh, an attack on Sicily. Um, yeah. Pretty much your all star British cast led by Colin Firth, but a lot of other people in it you'll recognise from pretty much every British TV movie or British BBC <laughs> drama. A, lot, a very solid, <laughs> a very solid cast yeah. um, of, of people. Um, and one I'm most excited about this week, one from Robert Eggers, the man who brought us the witch and also yes. brought us um, the lighthouse, lighthouse. North. is the Northman, North which looks I've, absolutely epic. I've 
only just caught the trail for this last couple of weeks, and I'm like, oh my god, I, yeah. I want to fucking see this film in a big yeah. way. This this looks nuts. So I'm yeah, I've got a feeling all the action you're seeing in that film in the trailer is all the action in the film. I've got a feeling about a lot of talking in this film that you're not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, going I, um, previous. I mean, the, the man is is not an action film director. This man, this no. man's cerebral. Do you know what I mean, he's going to take yeah. you're going to go into that theater, going to see you know fucking Raider of Vikings, and you're going to come out going, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. going to be, well, like, I don't understand what has happened, but I'm yeah. excited for this one a lot. Yeah, The Witch is one of the best horror films of the last like 10, 20 years, and The Lighthouse is something that will stay with me for pretty much ever. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> yeah, the man's um, he, he's He's enigmatic as fuck as a director. He's just got this vision. You're just like, where did that come from? You know, like, yeah. So very excited, very design? excited by this one. Yeah, very, very much. So, so that's. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully going to take a wee day off working Monday, and I think I'm just going to binge Mars off and and the, the yes. films we've just mentioned. That's my plan. So. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good Monday. Um, tell me what you find us. On number three, beers in a movie at um, Gmail. And if you want to email us, nobody ever emails us. One person email us. That'd, that'd be really... That'd, Richard doesn't even check emails anymore, so give him a reason to I check the fucking... Don't check the emails. He does, no, he doesn't. I know he doesn't. Make him check the emails, folks. Give him an email. Uh, we're also on Twitter and we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. Everywhere we're on Facebook and stuff like that. Number three beers in a movie. Look us up and you see us handsome guys there smiling at you, giving you a wee wink. Um, so, yeah, Looking like a prisoner, apparently. <laughs> Very much so. I've been Colin, you've been... Richard. And we've been... Three beers in a movie.